Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Chelsea Hagen. Hallelujah. Let's say standing and give Jesus a round of applause because he's just so worthy, so beautiful. We just love you, Jesus. Jesus, we just love you. We just honor you in this house today, God. We just love you, Jesus. We're so grateful and we're so thankful for you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful? I just, I can't stop praising his name. I never stop praising his name because he's so worthy of all our praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Love Jesus. Awesome. He's so good. Oh man, I just love Sundays. I like wake up early in the morning and I'm so excited to get to church because I get to come and see, you know, Fire Church family and and see how everyone's going. And I I just love that we're part of this body. It's just so amazing to have one another. Um, And it's just what a gift. What a gift to be able to come and just be so loved by a family. It's, It's awesome. So grateful for what God's doing here. Um, hallelujah. How many people invited someone to church this morning? Well done. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Awesome. Awesome. Come on. We want to we wanna see, um, you know, a thousand souls brought to Jesus have returned back to God. This year, we're already down to 950, so we're doing awesome, but we want to keep inviting people. We want to keep giving people an opportunity to hear how wonderful Jesus is and how wonderfully kind and merciful and compassionate He is, that they could taste and see that the Lord is good and that their lives might be changed as well by God's sacrifice. Amen. So let's Keep inviting people in because, um, you know, we want them to hear. There's a whole community of people out there. They don't know him. They don't know there's another way to live. And so it's it's awesome. Well done, guys, for doing that. So I, um, I just want to go into a quick time just before I share the word. And um, I just love honoring people and Um, God loves to honor people and, um, you know, there's some amazing servants in this house, some incredible volunteers and I say it every week that there is no way that we could do what we do without all the people that serve in this house and um, there are so many people. Um, But I just um, was praying this week and I really felt God wanted to to highlight this one. Um, So if I can invite uh, Bolu up to the stage. (laughs) Yeah, come on, be upstanding for this amazing, amazing lady. (laughs) Hallelujah. I just I just want to boast on this girl. This amazing woman. I just I love her so much. I love her so much. She's my my intern, and, and she approached me last year, and she just said, Chelsea, I just really feel like God wants me to get alongside you just to to help you um, in any way that I can. Um, and she has just served um, myself with just such a joyful and amazing attitude um, and just such an incredible, beautiful, faithful, loyal woman of God. She didn't expect this. I love God's suddenlies and his surprises. And, um, you know, she's she served at great sacrifice to herself. And, you know, but she always, it's never a burden to her to come in. You know, she's been coming in for, you know, two days a week, sometimes more. Just, you know, what, wherever she's needed, she just puts her hand up, um, you know, to help in God's house. And so, um, you know, God has found you faithful. She's an amazing youth leader, by the way. So if there's any youth here and you're not hooked up to this youth group, a phenomenal leader, an incredible um, call of God on her life, but um, we just love you so much for who you are. Here you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just, I, I really, I, I just, I, I love you. You're such a blessing to me, such an honor. Thank you. Hallelujah. And another person I really felt to honor is um, beautiful Candace. Let's be upstanding for her. Amazing, this lady. Amazing. 
And I just want to boast on this one. This one comes in every single week. Uh, the reason that this house is just so beautifully clean um, is because this one just comes in and she just makes everything beautiful for, for the sons and daughters of God every week. And um, I, just, I just watch her and, and I watch her clean and she's got her worship music on and she's just so filled with joy and um, just such a heart to serve in God's house in any way that she can. And um, I just really love you and God just loves your faithfulness. And most people wouldn't even know, you know, she's behind the scenes a lot. But I tell you, God just really wanted to honor her today. And thank you for everything that you do. We really love you. We appreciate you. Hallelujah. And just, um, just one more. Um, I just want to, yeah, just want to boast on this. Um, gentlemen, if Arnie's in the house, <laughs> hallelujah, where is Arnie, hey, there he is, champion, champion, hallelujah, such an awesome servant of God, praise you Jesus, praise you Jesus, so good, hallelujah. I just want to boast on this one. And um, I first met Arnie sitting in a, in a sauna at the gym, and God gave me a word of knowledge for him. And um, he received it from God, and it put him back on track with God. And I've just been able to watch the fruit of that word and just watch him just grow and lead. And, and just it's been incredible to watch you, um, but just such a heart to, to lead and to serve and we just really appreciate that. You know, there's such a joy that you serve with and it's so evident that you're just serving to the audience of one. And um, and we just love what you're doing with the men's group, you know, you and Tibor and, you know, serving and awakening and just, yeah, we just really, really appreciate you for who you are. Awesome. And there's so many more, and we will get through them, but I really, yeah, just, just, um, it's just so good to honor, you know. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this house that people don't necessarily see here, but I love surprising people. It's so good. Hallelujah. Awesome. So, so this brings us to the Word, so let's just pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this awesome message of truth, God. I just pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that your Word goes forth like a hammer. God, it breaks apart the rock in our lives, Lord, Father God. Lord, that change would come. Lord God, that we would be sons and daughters that know your truth, God. Not only know it, but obey it, Lord God. Lord, that we would walk with all purity and integrity in our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, help us to have ears to hear and a heart to receive what you've got today, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. God is so good. God is so good. You know, it was, in, um, thank you for your uh, introduction. And it's interesting that God's called me into the office of a prophet because I really feel like John the Baptist sometimes where it says, make straight paths for the Lord. And I really feel like part of my anointing is to draw people back to the Word of God, the simple truths of God, the purity, the integrity. How do we walk this out as Christians? And I feel like that that's going to happen today. It just let God draw you back to the narrow path. Let God come and just do that work. Because when we go God's way, it's easy. When we go our own way, it's hard. If we just follow what God says, we save ourselves a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. Amen. Anyone gone the wrong way from God before? <laughs> yeah. I'm not alone. Hallelujah. So Dan and I um, celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Come on, Jesus. So good. 
so good. That time's gone by so quick, you know, um, but so honored to have such a man of God. And uh, just before I, I go into what I'm going to preach on, um, you know, I, I waited for Dan. God told me he was my husband, but whether or not I, I had a husband or not, I was a single mom, I'd been a single mom for a long time, um, like seven or eight years. And I got born again and I said to God, I said, you bring your husband to me. And if you're not going to give me a husband, then I don't care. I will serve you every day of my life with or without a husband. I do not care. And I made, um, you know, that covenant to God. And I just said, God, I'm not looking around. I've, I've made that mistake before being in the world. It's all fallen flat. You know what I need. You know who I need. And so I didn't chase after that. I said, God, you bring him to me and he will pursue my heart. I'm not looking for anything. And so... You know, God is so good, and, and six years later, you know, we ended up getting married, um, and, and just, you know, such a man after God's heart. He was so worth the wait, man. He is so worth the wait, and I'm so grateful for him. Hallelujah. And we were from really, 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 really messed up backgrounds, both of us. And so God just had to kind of work out a few things in discipleship and, you know, molding us to his image and stuff. So I'm glad I waited. You know, it could have been very messy if we got together at the start. So anyway, Dan and I went and saw Samson, the movie. And oh man, like I would encourage you to go and see it. It is so anointed. It is so on the word of God and so scriptural. It was phenomenal. I was actually shocked. Um, I don't know if, if you remember a few years ago, but we decided to hire a cinema and we went and saw Noah, which was an absolute nightmare. I'm squirming in my seat. I'm like, I can't believe I've got the whole church watching this terrible movie. <laughs> and so I'm kind of sitting in my seat, never doing that again. But Samson, it's a good one. I've, we've seen it. So um, yeah, if you get invited to um, yeah, a, a movie from here, it'll be scriptural. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so it was amazing. I'm just sitting in the cinema just watching this story of, of Samson, and my heart was just so stirred at this story. I hadn't read it for a while, so it's kind of forced me to get back in the Word, and, you know, I love searching out the Word. I love, you know, what does God say? And, you know, this guy is the real Hulk. Samson had the most phenomenal supernatural strength you've ever seen in your life, never mind the Hulk, man. He had God's strength, supernatural strength. He didn't turn green, I'm sure. Um, just amazing, absolutely amazing. Does everyone in here know the story of Samson and Delilah? Just put your hand up. Is there anyone that doesn't? Can't, okay, there's one hand at the back. Cool. I'll run through it for you so you get a basic understanding. Maybe some of you in here haven't read it for a while as well. So I'll just recap about it. Um, it's an amazing story, and I really believe, um, you know, stories in the Bible, they're not just there for no reason. They're, they're stories that we can draw on, and we can see the mistakes that people made, and we can apply that to our life and not make the same ones. Amen? It's, it's life that we can look at it, and we can see, you know, even King David, where he had a weakness, and, and we can use that and go, God, I see how we fell there. I'm not going to do that. And so, you know, they're not just stories. They're real-life people um, that God has put in there. So if we turn to Judges 13, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I would encourage you when you get home or some spare time, um, sit down and read this story. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And um, so I was, yeah, I, I was sitting and I'm watching this movie and I teared up so many times in this movie. And by the end of it, I was like, far out, God, imagine... Imagine if Samson had actually walked in everything that you gave him. Imagine how much impact he could have had on generations. And I felt really grieved in my spirit. Um, so Samson was called a Nazarite in Judges 3, uh, sorry, 13.5. And so um, his parents, an angel, appeared to them and said that he would be a Nazarite. And what that means is um, he's... He's not allowed to cut his hair. He's not allowed any wine or strong drink. And he's not allowed to eat any unclean things. So he's not allowed to t touch dead bodies and stuff like that or, or eat from dead things. 
Um, and so he was meant to be, or they said he was a Nazarite from, from the womb to death. That, that was uh, who he was. Um, so the basic story of Samson, so I'll just run through it quickly. So Samson uh, sees a Philistine woman, falls in love with her, and takes her to be his wife. Okay, so that's the opposite tribe. That's the enemy's camp. And so he sees this lady. Um, he eats honey out of a dead carcass. He, like, kills a bear, and then he gives it to his family. So we can already see um, in it that he's already compromised on his vows to God. He doesn't really care too much about uh, you know, anything that God's said. Um, and as we go through, he has, a, um, he has a riddle and he presents it to the Philistines. The wager is 30 tunics, um, which is clothing, and they can't solve this riddle. So they don't want to lose. The Philistines don't want to lose against this, this Samson guy. And um, so they start um, enticing him, uh, telling his wife now to, um, sorry, to tell them or we will kill you. So she's under a bit of pressure now, like I've got to find out, you know, what, what the answer to this is. So finally, you know, she nags him and, you know, um, kind of presses him a lot. And he finally tells her the riddle and loses the wager. Um, and then he goes to kill 30 men and he gets his tunics that way, right? He's not allowed to touch dead bodies. So he's got phenomenal strength. Just, you know, God comes upon him and he can just take out a thousand men. Phenomenal. Um, not long after that, the father won't let him see his daughter. Um, so after they're married, he's married into the enemy's camp. So the um, father of the daughter won't let him see his daughter and tells him she's been given to someone else now and offers him his younger sister. He's not in love with his younger sister. And so that makes him really angry. And he gets 300 tails of the foxes together and he burns all their crops. Okay, because he's, he's mad. And so, um, so the Philistines are like, who's done this? They find out it's Samson. And so they now kill his wife and the father. So Samson's mad. He ends up killing people with his supernatural strength, a thousand with the jawbone of a donkey. Um, ph phenomenal strength. If you, you know, you're looking in this movie and it's just like person after person and I hate violence. I hate, it. it's just, you know, you shut your eyes and you can still hear it and it's like, I don't know what's worse, looking at what's going on or shutting my eyes and hearing it and imagining what's going on. It's like, oh, but you know, and, and they kind of show you just person after person after person after person, like a thousand people with the jawbone. He hasn't got a gun. He hasn't got anything. I mean, that's probably five times the amount of people in here that he just takes on with God's supernatural strength. Um, just amazing. So even though he, um, you know, he's breaking those vows, we see God's mercy and his compassion weave through the whole story. It was just amazing. Um, so they send Delilah, so his first wife dies, then they send Delilah to seduce him, offering her 1,100 pieces of silver to find out what his strength is. So they can see. They know that God is with him. They know. They've, they've seen it with their eyes. You know, man, you've killed a 1,000 people. So their God in that time was Dagon, who had, I mean, it's a rock. It can't kill anything. But they understood, man, this guy has got something that we don't have. And they understood that, you know, his God was really powerful. And so... Um, so they're trying to find out the secret of his strength. He doesn't tell her at first, and three times he gives her the wrong reasons. So he's just mucking around a bit. They're trying to set him up with the Philistines ready to take him out when his strength's gone. And so she just keeps pressing him and nagging him day after day, night after night. And then he finally tells her about his vow as a Nazarite and that if you cut my hair... That's where the strength is because of my vows to God. So he's already broken his other vows. He's already, you know, carousing and drinking with the, you know, in the enemy's camp and strong drink and eating out of dead stuff. And so this is the last one to go, which is his hair. And so she gives him strong drink and waits till he's asleep in her lap. And then she cuts his hair and calls the Philistines to come and get him. And so he's woken up. She's like, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he's ready to just take him on because that's what he's used to. But he doesn't realize the spirit of the Lord has departed him. 
and he's got no strength. He's got none because it was supernatural. So anyway, he ends up being bound and they gouge his eyes out and they leave him in prison. Um, eventually his hair grows back. They bring him out to make a mockery of him, kind of like a trophy for the Philistines. And they're in a big room and there's all these Philistines and, you know, they're mocking him. And there's two great big pillars in this house, about a thousand people in there. And he just asks them and he says, oh, can I just put my hands on the, on the pillars for support? And it's there that he repents and he said, God, I will die with these Philistines if you would just give me strength just one more time. And he pushes these pillars out and they all die. And, um, and so that is the story of Samson. Um, and as I'm watching this movie, my heart is just so moved by the amount that he compromised. By the amount that I was just like, oh man, like it really stirred something in me that compromise will cost you. It'll take your eyes out, man. It'll take your vision off God. It will cost you if we don't do things God's way. And so, um, and so I, you know, you know, I looked and I, I looked at this scripture, and um, and so I just want to go through this. Just bear with me. Um, so it talks about in um, in Judges 13. But his mother and father didn't know that it was of the Lord. So he's looking at the enemy's camp, and his um, they're like, well, can't you find you know a Hebrew? And he's looking at the enemy's camp, and it says. Um, but they didn't know it was of the Lord and that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. And so in that scripture, I was like, hang on a minute. God doesn't lead us to do evil. What's he talking about there? Like God's not going to set him up. Oh, yeah, go and, you know, commit sin with this one over here for my purpose. God doesn't do that. Um, but we, we see through the whole story of Samson that his heart wasn't about fulfilling his vows with God. His heart was already turned towards women and the things of the earth. And so God used that opportunity. God didn't lead him out there, but God used that opportunity because his heart was compromised, but God still got his will done in that situation. But I was so grieved. I'm like, God, imagine what he could have done for future generations. Like he did a little bit with still compromise and repenting to God and hitting the God button and God's merciful and he comes and helps him. But imagine what he could have done with that strength through generations. Imagine what he could have done if he had kept his commitment and his purity and his integrity before God of the vow that he took as a Nazarite. Oh man, this movie just moved me so much, you know, and it just drew me so close to God. Like, God, we cannot afford to compromise. We cannot afford to compromise. And so, um, so I want to explain this story because God's not saying, you know, go and sin so that good may come. And, you know, I want to, I love to bring the truth of God's word, but also his character and his nature. Because if you don't understand his character and his nature and his heart, the word will be like a hammer that just chops you to pieces, you know? And so we've got to understand God's character. So God knew the tendency of Samson's heart that it was turned aside from fulfilling his Nazarite vows. He was turned towards women. Samson had given over in his heart not to follow in the ways of God. So God used this tendency to his advantage. So we don't sin and we don't do evil that good may come. That is absolute heresy, man. That is absolute heresy. And, um, you know, it is so dangerous to compromise. And I want to, you know, I want to show you in the Word of God because God is so clear about this. Um, in the New Testament, what does God say about a believer marrying an unbeliever? And in my time of walking with God, I have seen so many marriages shipwrecked by this, so many calls that have been aborted by this. And this is really, really important, especially singles. If you're not married, I want you to really take heed about this. It will save you a lot of pain. It will save you a lot of grief in the long run. And so God's not a killjoy. He's the author of joy. But he knows if I go down that path, he'll give me over to what I want because he loves me and he empowers me to make my choice. But God might be going, hey, over here, but you're just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. 
And it doesn't mean that God's not going to bless it and there's grace to cover it, but it's going to be a lot harder doing it this way than just doing it the way that God said to do it in the first place. And so I, wanna, I want people to really hear this because I, I promise you I've seen this over and over and over and over. And the enemy comes to lure the children of God away from their covenant with God, even into fornication, even into other things. Oh, well, I sinned. Oh, well, they're saved now. So did God lead you out to, to commit fornication so that they could be saved? No. No, your own lust enticed you out to go and do that, not God. God doesn't do that. And so I want to show you, um, even, you know, get a um, highlighter. So this is a word for singles. I'm going to cover the marrieds. You know, if you've fallen into this and you're unequally yoked, I want to tell you what the word says about that as well. Um, so 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Or what communion has light with darkness? Okay, if you're born again, you're filled with the divine nature of God. And if you're going to marry an unbeliever, they're still in darkness. Those two kingdoms are fighting and opposing each other. What do you think is going to happen in your marriage? And it may not seem like that at the start, but mark my words. I've seen more people shipwrecked by that and more calls stunted and they can't run forward because of this very thing. And so, you know, God wants to give us a heads up that we don't do it and we don't suffer the consequences. And what concord has Christ with Satan? That's how God says it, Christ and Satan. That, I mean, you can't get any clearer than that. It's black and white. It's so clear. Or what part hath he with the believer with uh, oh, sorry, he that believeth with an unbeliever. And what agreement has the temple of God, we're the temple of God, with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so this is really important, singles. Don't sell yourself out. I'm telling you, God will bring you um, a godly man. Wait for God's timing. Wait, don't settle for anything less than what God's got for you. Don't settle. Don't settle for bronze when gold's around the corner because so many people's faith gets shipwrecked. The enemy's a lie. Oh, you'll be, and everyone else is getting married. You'll be sitting on the shelf forever. Rubbish. It says if we seek him first and his righteousness, all else will be added unto you. Seek him and he will bring someone in your path. Hallelujah. Be believe God. Trust him. Trust him. When we trust ourselves, man, we run into all sorts of problems. Abraham, for example, still paying the price for that. Isaac, Ishmael, we're still paying the price for that. Don't compromise. Believe God. Trust his timing. And so I just want to cover this quickly. What if I was unsaved and then I got saved and now I'm married and I'm unequally yoked? What do I do? So I just want to put this out there so you're not like hanging for the rest of the sermon to go, oh, no, I'm in that boat. And so I just want to just tell you so you, you're not freaking out. So 1 um, Corinthians 7, 13, and the, women, and the woman which has a husband that believes not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they're holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or sister is not under any bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. So that's if you're a Christian and they're not happy to dwell with you and there's this constant thing, then and, and they leave, then, then that's, that's okay. That's not your fault. That's an innocent party. Um, and so I just, yeah, um, in all things, though, every situation, it's really wise to get pastoral counseling on it because situations can differ as well. So, um, hallelujah. So in the New Testament, God never deliberately leads someone to sin or leads them into temptation. So, oh, yeah, but God led me to this guy that was unsaved and then we fornicated and now he's saved and now we're back in the kingdom. What is that? 
Seriously, what is that man? How disgraceful to God that you would leave his covenant, that you would leave the maker of heaven and earth, that you would leave your, the covenant love of one to go and fornicate in the enemy's camp, man. Oh, God, I just felt such grief of God's heart for that. Like we're meant to be a chaste bride. We're not meant to be, you know, looking at all these other things, man. Oh, can you imagine marrying someone on that day and they're like looking everywhere else and, you know, like it's just for one. But yet we do that to God all the time. You know, we wander off here and then we hit the God button. God, you know, and he's merciful and he's great and he's kind. But let's not leave that place in the first place. Let's really honor our covenants with him and honor our relationship with him and honor him with purity and integrity of heart. Man, I went into marriage for life. I went into marriage, the good, the bad, the ugly. I went into it and I will not break that vow. I will not break my vow to God. I will not break it. And we need to get aggressive and we need to get, you know, in those places where we're like, no, I'm not doing that. That is not God. God shows us so clearly. James 1.13, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. It's not God tempting you away. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Do not err. Do not go off track, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, for whom is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. Of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. And so God would never lead us into sin that good may come. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. He doesn't do that. 1 Corinthians 6.15, Know ye not that your bodies are the member of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. God doesn't intentionally cause us and lure us to sin that an unsaved person can be saved. If you look at the entirety of the Bible and read it as a whole, that it is not God's character or heart, and it's actually in direct opposition to God's word and His will. So don't be trapped by that. Oh yeah, but God's gonna use me to reach him. Let them get born again. Let them get, you know, that foundation. If you've just met someone, I've seen this so many times. Oh, but they came to church and they gave their life to God. So let's get married and disaster. If that's your case, give it time. Let them get grounded on the foundations of God. You wanna see fruit. You wanna see change. You wanna see not just coming out of here, but you wanna see inward change. You wanna see that before you covenant with somebody because that is it, that, that is your whole life. And if you covenant wrong with somebody, not that God can't cover it, but who you marry greatly affects your call. It really does. I've seen so many people, man, abort the call of God on their life because one partner won't let them run the way that they wanna run unequally yoked. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without his body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of God? Are you not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This temple belongs to God. Your temple belongs to God. It's not our own. We were purchased with the blood of Christ. You weren't purchased with silver or gold. You were purchased with the precious blood of the Son of God. Wow. How valuable are we to God that He would purchase us even though we were yet sinners. Just, man, just completely opposing Him, yet His mercy and His grace over each one of our life even though we were sold and we were, you know, slaves of sin, He yet saw us and He loved us so much. What 
what a Saviour. What a Saviour. His mercy and His grace, it astounds me. And when people give over to sin and harden their conscience, God no longer has His hand on their lives. It's not because God doesn't want to, but through our choices and our sin, we push Him off. We push Him out of our life through our choices and we separate ourselves from Him. Sin separates. That's why God hates sin so much because it separates. He doesn't want to be separate from you. He paid a price so that He could live in you, that He could never leave, that He would never leave or forsake us. He doesn't ever want to be separated from you. None of us. It doesn't matter what you've done in this place. If you don't know Jesus in this place, it doesn't matter what you've done. There's forgiveness for you today. There's mercy for you today. There's compassion of God for you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Romans 1.24, Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So we see God giving them over because they don't want God. They don't want to do it God's way. So He takes His hand off. Not that He wants to. He's constantly going, come back, come back. He's constantly knocking back. He's, he's, I can see him just tears pouring down his face. No, come back. Don't go down that road. It's going to be, no. It's not as hard that any of us wander off the track. The enemy's so subtle. The enemy's so subtle. But remember that the enemy masquerades as an angel of light as well. And he can come and and in a nice package and just fully take you away from the purposes of God. And He doesn't want us to do that. Although if we're repentant, this is where repentance comes in. You know, you see through the story of Samson, like he got into trouble and he realized and he called out to God and God would give him that strength for that, you know, to, to take out that amount of people and you see him, but back and forward and back and forward and you start watching this, are so grieved at the compromise. You know, he's drinking with the enemy and strong drink and bit by bit, I just watched his whole life just fall apart through one bit of compromise. It will cost you greatly, cost you greatly to compromise. And so even though we're repentant, He's merciful and He'll cover our greatest mistakes and He makes good of the situation. So if you've married an unbeliever, you know, and you didn't know this or, or, or whatever, you know, the Bible says to stay with them, but God will cover your mistakes. He will make good of the situation. It's not that He lured you out to sin so you could get that person. Oh, well, now they're saved. So no, that's just God's goodness and His mercy over your life. He hasn't lured you out to sin and to fornicate when He tells you you're not gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna make the kingdom of heaven. Why would He contradict Himself? It's never God that leads us to sin. Never, 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 never. It is absolute heresy. And I hear it all the time. Oh yeah, but God, you know, He was unsaved and sorry does not line up with God's character or His heart. Come on, man, let's get back to the Word of God. Get back to covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to just bring this up quickly. We can also see that people can operate in the giftings of God and the call of God without a repentant heart. Just because you see someone with a phenomenal gifting does not mean that they are right with God. Don't gauge how well you flow in your gift, whether you're right with God or not. That's scary. That's scary. And it gets even scarier here. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father. We don't just hear it. We need to do it. We need to be doers of his word. Many will say to me in that day, but Lord, Lord, here we go, here's the gifts. Have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you that work inequity. That word sin. Sin. So you can be flowing in the gifts and you can have a phenomenal ministry or whatever outwardly. And you can still not make it to heaven. Wow. That's a scary verse. And so God wants this for us, 2 Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings repentance, where we're sorry that we've hurt the heart of God, where we come before Him and we weep, not because we've been caught out, but we weep before Him that we've broken covenant with Him. That's godly sorrow. It brings repentance. It brings a, a turning away from this, and it means turning to, back to God. Godly sorrow brings repentance. It leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Worldly sorrow is where, oh, no, I got caught out. Oh, I better not do that again because someone's watching. No, they're two completely different things, and it must be godly sorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I just want to, you know, really want to touch on the heart of God. He, you know, He understands that we're from dust and He has incredible mercy and grace on our lives. And even in the story of Samson, you just watch God's mercy and His grace weaved through the whole story. The whole story, even though, you know, we don't deserve God's mercy, we don't deserve God's grace, but He's so beautiful. He's so gracious. It said it's the goodness of God that He's so good that it would lead us to repentance. It's the goodness of God where we know our wicked works. We know that we are wretched sinners and we just see His goodness and we fall at His feet and just say, Mercy, God. Our sin is always forgiven when we come to God, when we're repentant, but there are consequences to sin. There are consequences to the choices that we make, whether for good or for evil. Being unequally yoked is never God's idea. He uses holiness and righteousness and goodness to draw people to Himself, never enticing us to sin so that we can reach the lost, but to draw them by God's goodness and holiness. God never deliberately sets us up to sin or go outside of His Word. But if you have, God can still turn all our mistakes around for good. It says He causes all things to work for good of those who love Him. So there might be things in your life that aren't good. But in God's mercy and His grace, He'll cause them all to work together for the good of those who love Him. So if you're repentant and you've fallen into any of these things, there's no condemnation. It's just recognizing, let that word come in, let that conviction come in and genuinely asking God, for forgiveness, then He will make good of that situation. Amen. He's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. Samson was physically strong, yet he was morally weak. Samson was outwardly anointed, yet inwardly empty. Samson was a public success, yet he was a private failure. Samson was anointed, but he had no integrity or true commitment to God. In the end, he finally repented, but he chose willingly a very hard road for himself, which really stunted the call of God on his life. He could have done so much more, man. Oh my gosh, he could have done so much more with that gifting. He did the bare minimum for God, man. I don't want to be in that boat ever, ever. And yet we see Joseph, beautiful Joseph. He was anointed, but yet he had integrity. He was fiercely committed to God. And the master's wife got Joseph's coat, but she couldn't touch his character. God cares about your character, our integrity, inwardly and outwardly. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity or the morally innocent of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgress transgressors shall destroy them. Proverbs 27, the just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. And so I just want to recap quickly. Um, so number one, it's never God that leads us to sin. The calling gifts are given to us without repentance. So we need to be making sure that our hearts are right with God. Just because you flow in a gift and you see people healed on the street does not make you right with God. 
your relationship, the intimacy, the walking in love makes you right with God. Notice when he said, but Lord, Lord, didn't I, didn't I do this? And they're all gifts. Nothing about intimacy and relationship works and this and this and this. He wants relationship. He wants intimacy. He, that's what he wants. If you've made a mistake and are repentant, God will work all things for good of those who love Christ. Hallelujah. If you are married to an unbeliever, stay married and pray and fast and believe for their salvation. Number five, we must be people that walk in integrity with fierce commitment to God and His purposes on this earth. So what I want to do and I really felt to do is um, I want to call up, uh, you know, three people. Um, Firstly, um, people that have unsaved spouses. And we just want to believe and we just want to pray that God is going to bring them into the kingdom, that, you know, you won't have to walk it out on your own or, or half. You know, two put 10,000 to flight. I want to invite the singles up as well. And I want to invite the prayer ministry team. So if you, only those that have got a lanyard, if you can come up. It's our official fire prayer ministry team. And I want to open the altar as well to renew our wedding vows to God, your commitment and loyalty to Him and Him alone. You know, we can have our attention on many different things apart from God. We can, you know, have all sorts of idols in our life. And, you know, maybe it's not full on direct sin, but our focus can be in other places. And so I really felt that you know, just to come and give people an opportunity. God, I want to renew that wedding vow that I made. So I just want people to come forward and I want to put a call out there for those that don't know Jesus Christ. And maybe, you know, maybe you did know Him a long time ago. Maybe, you know, you've been thinking about Him lately. Maybe you've never known Him. But I just want to give people an opportunity in this house if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I just want everyone to shut their eyes and bow their heads. And this is between you and God. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. But I want to give you the opportunity to get saved, to get born again in this house. And what that means is all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is not one righteous, no, not one. We've all done wrong things. But Jesus came and paid a price on the cross for our sins and everything that we'd ever done wrong. And even though we were guilty and had a death sentence hanging over our head, it's like He came into the courtroom and we're just about to be sentenced and they're just about to drop the hammer on a death sentence, he comes in and he just says, okay, you can go free, I've paid the price. And he offers that to every person. Salvation is a free gift. He's paid for it all. And what it is, is it's coming to God and it's asking Him for forgiveness. It's coming with a repentant heart, saying, God, I've I've been wayward. God, I've done the wrong thing. God, I've gone down so many paths that I shouldn't have gone down. And it's where we ask Him, God, would you just come? God, would you forgive me of all my sin? Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And I believe that you died and you rose three days later. Lord, I just ask that you wash away my sin with the blood of Jesus. And I ask that you come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. Be my best friend. I need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to see a show of hands. If that's you in this house today, you've come into this place, you don't even know why you're here. I just want you to put your hand up. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. It's hard to see hands. I know there's some up. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, God. Jesus is so beautiful. He's so kind. He's so merciful. He's got mercy for you today. Thank you, Papa. Hallelujah. So I just want to pray quickly. I've gone a little bit over time. Lord, I just pray, Heavenly Father, 
Lord, that you'd help every single one of us, God. We hear your word and we take heed. God, we take heed to what you're saying, God. We, we apply it to our own lives, Lord God. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, each one of us, Lord God, will walk our call out with integrity and honour. Lord God, both inwardly and outwardly, Lord. Lord, that our hearts would be so fixed on you, God, that we would look to no other, Lord. That our commitment and our faithfulness to you would, would just abound, Heavenly Father, till we leave this earth, God. That we'd not look to the left and the right, but would set our faces like flint, God. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your forgiveness, God, for those that, that um, you know, are unequally yoked, God. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for their spouses, God. And we just believe together, Heavenly Father, that you're going to draw them, God, by your great goodness, God, that you're going to move in their life. God, you're going to break every chain, God, that, that binds them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we just pray you bring increase, Heavenly Father. Lord, that people would be able to serve with their spouses in this house, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for all the singles, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would bring them phenomenal men and women of God. Lord, that they would just be sold out, God, that they wouldn't sell for bronze when gold's on its way, God, but they would stand firm in the grace, Lord God, while they wait. Lord, I thank you for them, God. It's not your will that any man should be alone, God, but it's so important who we marry, Lord. So I just pray for such a supernatural grace over these precious singles, God. Thank you that you're going to bring their spouses in, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you that it'll be a union from heaven, God. It'll be equally yoked, God, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray you just touch everyone in this house right now, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your mercy. In your grace, God, thank you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Jesus. Awesome. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au. Right.